Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today, as always, is Kyla. What's up? First off, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We answer questions, post cool stuff. It's a whole deal. It's a good time. It is a good time. Follow (laughs) us. Uh, We will get into our week 11 information soon. But first, we both got wins this past week in our fantasy league. Only four teams make the playoffs in our league. And Kyla's win catapulted her for the moment into playoff contention into that top four. It sure did. Um, Not only did I get a win, but Bethany beat Jackson's team this week, and that helped me move up into fourth place. This week was a little better for me. I narrowly pulled out a win. Um, Lucky for me in a freak game that nobody could have anticipated. Atlanta was able to keep Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara both in check. I didn't have a ton going on in the early block. Tannehill was playing. Looked like a pretty bad play early on, but he ended up tossing a second touchdown and a two-point conversion to beat Kansas City. Both Mm -hmm. Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones came through for me this week with 27 points each, which is good and bad because Dalvin did it at the expense of the Cowboys. Uh, Yeah, I was was curious about that. You know, it's where (laughs) your fantasy loyalty and your team loyalty kind of collide. But it's good. It's good that, you know, you're still thinking about the Cowboys and not just about fantasy. <laughs> right, right. It, it's rough. It's rough because, you know, I I wanted Dalvin to do well so that I could win. But I also want the Cowboys to win. I'm like, they can give up 150 yards and still win. Right. But, you know, 150 yards, four touchdowns to Dalvin. The Cowboys win 31, 28. That, that would kind yeah. of be your your perfect game there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Jalen Samuels was really a letdown play this week after having 13 receptions in week nine. He only totaled 40 yards in week 10, which is way below what I anticipated. So I'll definitely be happy to have James Conner back this week. He's playing tonight. Uh, the Giants defense also a really bad play apparently this week. I picked them up because they were playing the Jets who are giving up a ton of points to defenses, but they only finished with one point. My new kicker, Matt Gay, was a rock star this week. He had 14 points, which was, as I said, more than Jalen Samuels' five and a half or whatever he had. Godwin and Everett finished both with 10 points each, so they had decent days. And then I went into Monday night up 11 and a half points and now this is where it gets exciting because oh. i had time <laughs> i had tyler lockett who was mr reliable as we talked about last week and my opponent had dk metcalf lockett got injured in this game and he finished with only 4.4 points and i started to get a little concerned because at that point if metcalf had caught a touchdown i'd probably lose so I get close to the end of the game. and I'm like, all right, I'm in the clear. Somebody's going to win this on a field goal. And then the game goes into overtime. overtime. And I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking, great. This is exactly how my week is going to end. And I'm just going to narrowly lose. But it turned out okay. And I won by about eight points. So I'm now six and four. And as Elias said, I moved up into fourth place, which is still got me. In, if the season ended now, I'd make the playoffs. So I'm hoping to keep that streak alive this week. Uh, as for me, 
I all I can say really is that the mean machine found a way to win. I won <laughs> one fifteen to one oh nine. Uh eight and two now. Uh it no Monday night drama for me, just Sunday night drama. Yeah. Um so found a way to win. This despite Saquon being shut down by the Jets, which nobody saw coming. Yeah. He only scored 5.6 points, and Rams receiver Cooper Cup put up a goose egg. Oh my god, I was which so surprised. was brutal. I was waiting yeah. for him to do anything, and it yeah. would have if he just would have gotten 20, I would have won by a mile. But he just yeah. never caught a pass. It was just a that was a weird game in general. Yeah. Lamar Jackson led the way with his tremendous game: 223 yards passing and three touchdowns. Also, 65 yards on the ground with a highlight reel score. He finished with 39.42 points in our league. Wow. Also, the Ravens' defense got 24 points, picked them up on the wire this past week. Very glad I did that. I'm still because upset otherwise about that. I... <laughs> oh, you, you tried to get them? I, I, I wanted them. Mm-hmm. Well, my other defense at this point is New Orleans, and they only got three points when they played terrible against the Falcons. So if I hadn't picked up the Ravens, I would have lost. Yeah. Uh, some other... Folks on my team, Mike Evans with 10.2 points. Mark Ingram also on the Ravens with 9.4. Was hoping for more from him, but so it goes. Yeah. Then there's Odell Beckham, always kind of (laughs) mired in mediocrity. He got 8.2 points, and Vance McDonald sucked once again with 2.8. My kicker, Harrison Butker, was actually my third highest scorer. He got 16 points. Wow. So really, you know... Not ideal. We're supposed to be the experts here, you know. <laughs> Next week, this this week, I, I guess I should say, uh, I'm hoping for a lot more. Yeah, your uh, tight end situation still still questionable. Uh, it's brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. Vance McDonald's my my best option week to week. <laughs> uh, moving on to week ten's winners and losers. My winner of the week is Derek Henry. He is the reason why things looked so dark for Ryan Tannehill to start with because Tannehill only attempted 19 passes because Derrick Henry destroyed Kansas City in the running game. He finished the game with his highest point total of the season. He had 188 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and that is rushing yards, not total yards. <laughs> that is, he, he does not catch many passes, but he got 188. Rushing yards. The Chiefs have definite holes on their defense, and <laughs> it's just the way the Patriots at times can run the ball, it's really hard to imagine them being in the postseason and being able to beat New England, yeah. which is super disappointing. I guess maybe Baltimore is our last hope to knock down the evil empire. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Baltimore, my winner of the of the week, Lamar Jackson, which we already talked about a little bit, um, he was having a great year before. But now it kind of seems like he's been catapulted into the MVP discussion. It's him and Russell Wilson. And kind of seems like everyone else is a distant third. Yeah. Is that how you would view it as well? I agree with that. Yeah. Maybe maybe Dalvin Cook or another RB if RBs were considered more. But it kind of seems like quarterbacks are the ones most considered. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean... It's hard to argue against Lamar Jackson as the top candidate right now. Russell Wilson also having an incredible season. I definitely, at this point, think it's going to be one of those two guys. Yeah. And that that spin move 
was <laughs> awesome. Was like, incredible. can we just talk about that for just a split second? Like, it was amazing. You don't see that every day in the NFL. No, that, not from a quarterback. Fall, yeah, especially from a quarterback. But yeah. then guys just like falling down and <laughs> like all all around him. It was epic. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Um, my loser of the week though this week, David Johnson. What the fuck is going on with David <laughs> he has Johnson? He's been like a loser of the week for one of us now. I want to say three times. Oh my god! I don't know what the Cardinals are doing having him play because he is clearly not healthy. They have Kenyon Drake, who's a capable back. So why continue doing this with Johnson? I don't get it. He finished in our league with negative half a point. Ah. Uh. He manages two yards on five rushing attempts, one reception for eight yards, and he lost a fumble. Like, I wouldn't start him right now to save my life. I have no idea what what is going to happen with him. It's brutal. Um, in another league, I have David Johnson, and I played him. And mm-hmm. in that league, he, he had zero. But, like, this week, for my upcoming lineup, I have Chris Carson on a bye, David Johnson... Miles Sanders, it's a it's a twelve team league, yeah. and then my fourth guy is Jalen Samuels, who oh, is gosh. basically a backup now because of James Conner coming back this week, which we'll get into in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I'm in the situation where I have to play David Johnson because I don't want to start Samuels because he's not a starter. But is is David Johnson even a starter? Right, Miles I mean- Sanders is borderline too, so I have Michael Gallup now in my flex. Yeah, I have to put a receiver in there, and then I guess I'm going to go with Sanders and Johnson because Carson's on a bye, and then Samuels isn't doing anything, even when he was starting. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it doesn't sound like you have much of a choice. Talk about fantasy questions to yeah. to post those four guys. Yeah, uh, my loser of the week is kickers. Uh, rough week for kickers. You know, sure, a few kickers had. You know, they, they earned their money this past week. <laughs> However, here are some things that happened. Seven kickers missed an extra point. Uh, Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson, he missed an extra point that was, or I guess, could have been critical. Mm-hmm. But it wound up that Phillip Rivers couldn't drive down and get the game-winning field goal because last Thursday night, Phillip Rivers couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, 49ers kicker Chase McLaughlin missed a would-be game winner in overtime on Monday night, but that was brutal. Uh, yeah, it was, especially because of how great he'd been doing prior to that. Mm-hmm. Steven Hauschka for the Bills, he missed a potential game-tying field goal in their loss at Cleveland. And then, we've already talked about this game a little bit, there was the Kansas City game. Uh, a bad snap resulted in a missed opportunity for Harrison Bucker to basically ice the game. The titans would have had to have driven down the entire length of the field instead there's this bad snap the punter who is the holder picked up the ball threw it it was intentional grounding titans get the ball with the short field score a quick touchdown somehow mahomes still has a chance to drive them down and then bucker's potential game tying field goal is blocked oh god so just complete special teams blunders in that game you can pretty much say, even though they gave up all those yards to Derrick Henry, Chiefs still should have won. Yeah. Uh, so kickers, I, I wish them the best in, <laughs> in week 11 because they need some encouragement. They do. I actually have one more um, 
kicker. Okay. That missed a field goal. Brett Maher missed an early field goal in the Cowboys-Vikings game, which was important. The Cowboys lost by four points, so they could have potentially, at the end of the game, gone down, kicked a game-winning field goal instead of trying to give it to Zeke three times when he couldn't <laughs> do anything. So, yeah, there's another kicker loser for you. I, I just want to have Dan Bailey back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and you were talking about that. Zeke Zeke not doing well is actually the reason why I won my week. If he you had know. had a normal week, I only won by six points. Yeah. If he had had a normal week, I would have lost. So lots of things went into that. I know. I thought he was going to uh, put the nail in your coffin there. I was hoping for it, but he didn't. <laughs> I I definitely did as well. Uh, we're going to move on now to the injury updates for week 11. Starting with the aforementioned David Johnson. Uh, his ankle is marginally healed, supposedly. We'll never know until he plays or doesn't play, but he's yeah. supposed to play. He was left off the injury report. Uh, Devontae Freeman for the Falcons has a foot sprain. He will very likely not play against the Panthers. And you were talking about my tight end situation. I had picked up Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets, and never got to play him. He was out all year. And then he finally gets to play, and he hurt his ribs. And now he's on IR. Uh -huh. And then another tight end, Austin Hooper. Uh, there has been a little bit of confusion about his injury. Doesn't seem like they want to classify him as out yet, even though he's supposed to miss about a month. Yeah. He has an MCL sprain. So he probably will not be back for any of your teams until the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Um, another injury that happened this week, Emmanuel Sanders has a rib cartilage issue. He has been ruled day to day. If he doesn't miss this week, expect a lot more action for Debo Samuel, especially if George Kittle misses as well, which he is listed as doubtful. Um, still not officially ruled out despite speculation. Um, he did not practice again on Thursday. Matt Burita also was injured on Monday night, a low ankle sprain, near certainly to miss Sunday's game. For the Seahawks, who are on a bye, Tyler Lockett has a lower leg injury. He sustained a bruise to the lower leg that caused swelling. He actually had to be hospitalized. That's the reason he was out for some of the huge drives at the end of that Monday night game against the 49ers. Mm -hmm. But he is expected to be back when the Seahawks retake the field. There's Alshon Jeffrey has an ankle issue. He did not practice Thursday. He's questionable for the Eagles game against New England. And Ty Johnson, the RB for the Lions, has a concussion. He resumed practice Thursday, but there's still no word on if, if he has cleared concussion protocol. So stand by with that one. Uh, moving on to some injuries from previously injured guys. Uh, James Conner for the Steelers, who are playing tonight. We are recording about an hour and a half prior to game time for mm -hmm. the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Browns. His shoulder issue has cleared up. He was left off the final injury report, and he will play tonight. Matthew Stafford has a back injury. He remained sideline on Thursday. Uh, not officially ruled out yet, but expect Driscoll to play again this week. Adam Thielen, hamstring injury is questionable. He likely will not play. He did rehab work this week, but has not practiced. 
somebody who is expected back this week, Jacoby Brissett. He had a strained MCL, but like I said, he practiced in full on Wednesday, and he will return this week. Then there's Brandon Cooks. He has a concussion still. He's out. He has a ways to go before being ready for game action. He's kind of in the same category at this point as A.J. Green, who, I mean, Green hasn't played all year. Uh, Yahoo kind of had a funny update for him. They were basically, they, they just said, we will update you when he retakes the field. And that's all it said. <laughs> so I really hope that they don't provide an update until he takes the field, which <laughs> would be really funny. There's just no updates ever. And then it's like, oh, he's back. Yeah, that would be funny. Giants are on a bye. But Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Still hurt a foot for Ingram, a concussion for Shepard. The team has not provided any updates for those injured guys. I think that's it for the injuries this week. We'll move on to our good and bad matchups now. My first good matchup is Jared Cook at Tampa Bay. Now, I admittedly have, I'm not great at the tight end position, like picking the tight ends who are going to have a good game. But Cook has finished with solid outings his last three appearances. He saw his highest target total of the season with 10 last week against Atlanta. This week, the Saints go to Tampa Bay, who are handing out fantasy points to every position they possibly can. They've given up the second most fantasy points per game to the tight end position. If he's available in your league, I would go snag him. He is not. He was drafted in our league and has been on a roster since. Uh, currently Darren Waller is being started over him in our league, but if it were me, I'd start cook. Yeah. And just hopefully for the saints sake, they can get back on track. They'll probably need Kamara and cook both to have big games for that to happen. Uh, my first good matchup is Julian Edelman, the wide receiver for new England. They are hitting the road and playing Philadelphia. The Eagles have allowed a 100 yard receiver in six of their nine games this season. And Edelman only has two such games where he's topped 100 yards, but he has six catches or more in seven of the Patriots' nine games. I just think New England will need to throw frequently. The running games haven't been stellar against Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I also just think it'll be a good game. And if it's a good game, Brady is going to seek out Edelman like he does every week and has seemingly now for 500 years. I would think that Edelman, Sanu, and maybe even Philip Dorsett as a sleeper could all be started this week, depending on how deep your league is. Yeah, I hope they actually all have a good game because I don't root for the Patriots, but I do when they're playing the Eagles. So uh, <laughs> don't sell your soul. Don't sell your soul just for a divisional team to lose. You can't I have to. just can't. I'm a through and through Patriots hater. I realize how, <laughs> how good they are. You know, I'm not blind or anything, but I just, I think it'll have a good game, but somehow I really do hope the Eagles pull that out. <laughs> uh, my next matchup is Cortland Sutton at Minnesota. This week, the Broncos are traveling to Minnesota, but the Vikings are hemorrhaging points to wide receivers. They have given up double-digit fantasy points to at least one receiver in nine out of their ten games. The only game they didn't was against Washington. If you recall, Marvin Jones Jr. caught four touchdowns when Detroit played them, and they just gave up 100-plus yard games to Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb and another 76 mm -hmm. yards to Michael Gallup. 
along with one touchdown to all three of those guys. A guy with the size and athletic ability of Sutton is poised to put on a fucking clinic this week in Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, as we've talked about, it is the Brandon Allen era in Denver. It is. So uh-huh. hopefully he can throw a couple touchdowns to Cortland Sutton. I'm starting Sutton in another league too, so I'm all for it. And we've talked about this year as well, the Vikings. Xavier Rhodes is just really not having a very good year. Mm-hmm. The secondary... It just kind of seems like the Vikings right now, even though their defense and secondary is supposed to be so amazing, mm-hmm. it seems like the offense is better. Yeah. Like Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook, they are the reason why they are where they are, which yeah. is sort of staggering. My second good matchup is my guy and your foe, Damian Williams, oh. running back for the Chiefs. They are playing against the Chargers in Mexico. The Chargers have allowed a running back to score six games in a row. Williams took over the feature back role once again prior to last week against Tennessee after LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch. Williams played well. Uh, he had 77 yards on 19 carries along with five catches for 32 yards. The Chargers have given up the eighth most fantasy points to RBs this season. And on top of it, Williams did well against LA last year. Uh, th- this is the week, hopefully... You know, I've been on the Damien Williams train all year. Uh This is the week, hopefully, where he fulfills the promise (laughs) that he had in the preseason, you know, achieves his destiny and takes over some uh, fantasy prominence. I'm really holding on to positivity when it comes to Damien. Once again, Uh, once again, positive. I should have held on to him. I dropped him. And now he's on the wet willies. He is on the wet willies. I have to say. That's the team he's on now. So I really wish I had held on because my RB situation is lacking a little bit in the in, in the depth department, I would say. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think I won the early battles with Shady, but I, I think did. you won the war here because Damon Williams has taken over. He did have a late fumble in that game last week, so hopefully they won't punish him for that. I mean, he looked good. True. And I want to mention, last week I wanted to have him as an honorable mention winner of the week because he had that 95 yard touchdown i think it was 95 yards right and i thought then that you had won the battle there between damian williams (laughs) and i just wanted to mention it and give you credit for it well i i must say that i'm not happy that i won the war because (laughs) i already dropped him and i wish i held on to him disappointed in myself i should have had faith should have kept the faith well, there was no way of knowing. It didn't look like, you know, they were going to go with him as the feature back. They were splitting carries right. all season, so. True. Um, moving on to the bad matchup. My first bad matchup of the week is Christian Kirk at San Francisco. Kirk was the highest scoring wide receiver last week with six receptions for 138 yards and three touchdowns. I do not anticipate nearly that this week. He's up against San Francisco, who is pretty stingy to the wide receiver position. Since coming off their week four bye, they've only given up one double-digit fantasy performance to a wide receiver. It was Andy Isabella, who apparently plays for Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. You you said his name, and I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, And Christian Kirk's last date was San Francisco, which was in week nine, so not that long ago. They held him to two receptions for eight yards. 
He may fare a little better than that this time, but I don't look for him to reach his projections. Well, Christian Kirk is another guy that was on my preseason list of people who I thought would break out. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that last week he finally had an awesome game showing a little bit of promise. I don't think he'll do well this week either. Um, My first bad matchup is Kirk Cousins, who we talked about a little bit briefly playing the Broncos. Our friend Kirk will probably just be more of a game manager this week. Me thinks at least, you know, there's a possibility that he could do stuff and and throw some TDs. But uh, Denver's run defense has improved over the last few weeks, but I still don't see any reason why this wouldn't be a Dalvin Cook game. I especially in the second half, I think that Dalvin Cook is just going to run over them. Unfortunately, I hope not as a Broncos (laughs) fan, but unfortunately, I I do think that's what's going to happen. I hope he does. I'm sure you do. Adam Thielen likely won't play again this week. And the Broncos have still only allowed one QB, and that was Gardner Minshew, to have a 20-point fantasy day. So if you have two good quarterbacks on your squad, I would look the other direction and away Mm -hmm. from Kirk. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I haven't been high on any quarterbacks really facing the Denver defense uh, this year, so... My next bad matchup is Ronald Jones versus New Orleans. Tampa Bay is really annoying with this running back situation. One week after declaring Jones a starter, it still seems like a hot hand situation. Peyton Barber got the same number of carries, though not as many targets. But after Jones lost a fumble in the fourth quarter, Barber got the rest of the work. On top of this, He's facing a New Orleans defense that's allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. They have not given up a 100-yard rushing game yet, with Carlos Hyde being the closest way back in Week 1 with 83 yards. When Tampa Bay faced New Orleans in Week... I forgot to put the week that they faced New Orleans, but when (laughs) Tampa Bay... (laughs) When Tampa Bay faced New Orleans previously this season... He managed 56 total yards, uh, while Barber only managed 31 total yards and a touchdown. I had Jones early in this season at some point and dropped him because of the inconsistently consistency. I definitely wouldn't play him this week if I had him. Yeah, and again, it, the Saints have been good defensively for most of the year. So for their sake, they're still trying to get that one seed. You would Mm -hmm. think they're going to prioritize stopping the run and make Jameis beat them, which Jameis might throw a couple touchdowns, but you know he's going to throw a couple huge picks too. So you just never know exactly what you're going to get from the Buccaneers. To recap, our good and bad matchups so far, these are sort of our our prominent ones. We're going to list a few after this. Good matchups, Jared Cook, Cortland Sutton, Julian Edelman, and Damian Williams. Bad, Christian Kirk, Ronald Jones, Kirk Cousins, And my final one is Alshon Jeffrey, receiver for the Eagles. Only four receivers have reached double-digit points against New England. Golden Tate is the only receiver to reach 100 yards and to score a touchdown at any point this year against New England, which they have basically been playing AAA teams like the Jets. But still, that's incredible. They've only given up one receiving touchdown to a receiver. Uh Uh-huh. Jeffrey will draw Stefan Gilmore, who at this point is the best corner in football. I know Carson Wentz has to throw to somebody, 
but I just don't think it's going to be Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, too, they they updated his injury status as we talked about, and Jeffrey has an ankle issue. Still may not play, but the Eagles direly need him to be on the field. Yeah. One more thing about the Patriots defense, though, while I'm <laughs> while I'm talking about it, let's hear it. They had an article in Sports Illustrated this week about Stephon Gilmore, and they were talking about kind of his his evolution uh, on New England since he came over from the Bills. And there's this little tidbit that I found extraordinary. Uh, Bill Belichick in one game told him that when they were going to a certain or a certain part of the field that he should trail the receiver because that is the direction the wind was blowing and the wind would actually knock the ball down so he would have more time to get in front of the receiver when the ball was thrown. So he should trail him instead of you know playing off. Wow. So that is how much Bill Belichick is into the game. He's looking at the wind <laughs> on passes for the other teams. Yeah. And I guess Gilmore used to kind of just do his own thing. And then when he finally adopted like the Bill Belichick strategy every week, whether it be a slower receiver to let the slower receiver pass him because he'll be quick enough to catch up mm-hmm. all these things. And now he is just completely a shutdown corner. Even the yeah. wind, like yeah. they even look at the wind, the Patriots, I hate them so much, but they're just so good at football. <laughs> it's amazing. so ir- It's so irritating how good they are. <laughs> Um, so like Elias said, we're going to do something a little different this week. We're going to throw in a couple of kind of quick hit extra good and bad matchups to watch. Um, some good ones, a couple quarterbacks for you, Derek Carr versus Cincinnati, Dak Prescott at Detroit, uh, wide receivers, Calvin Ridley at Carolina, Terry McLaurin versus New York Jets and Austin Eckler, your running back versus Kansas City, who, just a quick note, I mean, Melvin Gordon is getting most of the carries there, but they're kind mm-hmm. of splitting the targets. So I think if you need a flex play, Austin Eckler is probably going to be a good option for you. Nice. Um, and then as far as tight ends go, Gerald Everett versus Chicago and Mark Andrews versus Houston. Both have pretty good matchups. So if you need tight ends, plug those guys in. For sure. Some folks on the other side of the coin. In the bad category, you got Kyler Murray playing the 49ers, Carson Wentz against the Patriots. For receivers, Marvin Jones Jr. and Kenny Galladay against Dallas, especially if Stafford is out again. It kind of seems like he is going to be. They haven't officially said that, but we'll find out soon. Mm-hmm. For the RBs, Fournette for the Jags at New England, or excuse me, at the Colts and Philip Lindsay at the Vikings, and for a tight end, Darren Fells of Houston at Baltimore. And speaking of that game, our game of the week, which we will (laughs) move on to now, the Texans at the Ravens. Uh, It seems like one of the best quarterback matchups of the year. Mm -hmm. By far, Deshaun Watson has 18 touchdowns, five picks, and about very very nearly 2,500 yards through the air. He also ran... For 279 yards and five TDs, Lamar Jackson has 2,036 yards through the air with 15 touchdowns and five picks. Jackson has 702 yards on the ground. He's going to be a 1,000-yard guy as a quarterback. That's crazy. And it is just insane. And six TDs on the ground. Will Fuller and Marquise Brown are both questionable, but could both play huge roles for their QBs in the passing game if they both play. 
this should be fun. I, should... I think this should be a truly fun game. The key for me would be that Houston has allowed 25 sacks already. I think the Ravens will bring the pressure. It kind of seems like Watson is always just like sprinting for his life whenever he's going to get sacked. Mm-hmm. He winds up you know squirming out of it somehow and then throwing a 30 yard touchdown like he makes everything happen they just seem to just seems like he gets the hell beat out of him yeah it really does just every week i look forward to seeing how this game plays out it's in baltimore texans are coming off a bye it's gonna be a good one you got two young quarterbacks who lead top five ranked offenses you kind of talked about lamar jackson there he's having an incredible season As you said, he has 702 rushing yards, which ranks number 11 overall for for total rushing yards this year. That ranks one spot higher than his own running back, Mark Ingram, (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy, right? Yeah. Um, Houston's defense is not what it once was, and the secondary is a shell of what it was last season. The Houston defense has been plagued by injuries all season. They are much better against the run than they are against the passing game, allowing on average 84 yards a game and only three rushing touchdowns all season. I feel like they're really going to focus on stopping Baltimore's running game and containing Lamar Jackson in the pocket as much as possible. I mean, all the teams probably make an attempt to do that. It doesn't usually work out for them, but I'm sure sure that's always the number one priority. Uh, On the other side, Baltimore's defense isn't terrible. They're not. They're not great, but they're not terrible. Um, they also perform better against the run than the passing game. So both have top 10 run defenses, bottom 12 pass defenses. I think this game is going to be a shootout. I think Hyde and Ingram will have okay games, probably not their best games, but I expect big games from Watson, Jackson, Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, as you said, maybe even Will Fuller if he plays. Keep an eye on Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. I almost said Kenny Skills, which could could be a nickname. That would be an awesome nickname. (laughs) That's so cool. Um, Kenny Stills, if Fuller doesn't play, keep an eye on him. But I think also that Baltimore is going to take this one. Well, I agree. I think Baltimore will win this game. I agree with everything you said, but part of me hopes a portion of it is wrong because I'm likely going to start Carlos Hyde and Mark Ingram. So if they could have a little better games than your forecasting, yeah, I would really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I hope for your sake that they do. I hope that Deshaun Jack or Deshaun Jackson, not Deshaun Jackson. He is not playing in this game or at all. Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins actually don't because I'm playing them this week. So oh. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> Speaking of this week, our starting lineups for the week, I have my newly acquired quarterback, Tom Brady, to lead my team this week. I'm super excited about that. And then my receivers, Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup, are my starting receivers this week because Tyler Lockett is on a bye and likely would miss the game if he weren't. My RBs, Dalvin Cook, James Conner. I can't wait to have James Conner back playing for me and carry my team. <laughs> he doesn't carry my team. Dalvin carries my team, but I'm for glad sure. to have him back. 
Um, currently in my tight end spot is Gerald Everett, but he is questionable. Apparently that is a new injury this week, but I, Sean McVay says that he is not likely to miss the game this weekend. So I'm keeping him plugged in there unless something changes. Mm -hmm. In my flex, I currently have DJ Chark, but I'm really hesitant about this one. Nick Foles is back for the first time since week one. I have no idea what the connection is going to be like between DJ Chark and Foles. They're playing Indianapolis, who's pretty good. But I picked up Brian Hill. After all the waiver wire fuss, nobody claimed him on the waivers, so I picked him up. So I might end up plugging him into my flex spot because he does have a great matchup against Carolina. I do like him in this game. All the other Atlanta running backs are injured. So... If I'm being honest with myself, I'm probably going to end up changing my flags to Brian Hill. My kicker again, Matt Gay, Tampa Bay. Got 14 points for me last week. Why wouldn't I just stick with him? And then I pick Oakland's defense up off of waivers this week, which I don't usually like to use a waiver position for a defense, but everyone else does it, so you kind of have to. (laughs) So they're playing Cincinnati this week, so I picked them up, and they. I also looked ahead to next week because they're playing the Jets, so I'll probably ride with them next week too. Yeah, and that was one of the big reasons I I picked up Baltimore last week too. When you look at their schedule late in the season, you know I at least I'm hoping that I will stick around and be a playoff team. Weeks 14 through 16 is Buffalo, the Jets, and the Browns. Oh yeah. So. That's basically perfect for uh-huh. fantasy fantasy implications. But I am going to sit them this week against Houston. I have New Orleans against Tampa Bay. Really hoping for a Jameis, you know, pick six that he is seeking to patent. He well, the chances are every, high. The chances are <laughs> the chances are high. And then Harrison Bucker again as a kicker. Uh, Lamar Jackson in the core quarterback spot. I have Matt Ryan on my team, but He'll never play again. Lamar Jackson is <laughs> he is starting every week. Wide receiver spots, Mike Evans and Cooper Cup. Hopefully the Rams figure out a way to get him involved this week. My RB spots are Mark Ingram and Joe Mixon, who I picked up off waivers this past week as well. Vance McDonald playing tonight for the Steelers in my tight end spot. And now my flex spot, which as I mentioned, I'm leaning toward Carlos Hyde over Odell. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I've had Odell in the lineup every single week and he just doesn't do anything except for that game against the Jets. And I just know I'm going to sit him tonight. I'm going to sit him and I'm going to play Hyde. And I just know he's going to get like 30 points. <laughs> well, that's usually how it happens, isn't it? I'm really surprised that you you have uh, gone that route because you were big on, well, it's, I mean, it's hard to sit a guy like Odell Beckham because of who he is and, you know, what he's done, but he really has had a pretty bad season. Yeah, he has, but the Browns have in general. All the expectations yeah. were there, and they just haven't fulfilled any of them. Now you have uh, Mayfield talking about how the crowd is too loud and all this other crap that... <laughs> The ESPN pays attention to. They should probably learn how to play football a little uh, bit better. I yes. think that would really benefit them. But uh, Odell is on my bench. I have Saquon and Golden Tate on buys. They are on my bench. Picked up Noah Fant. So if Fant does something this week, 
which I hope he does. I'll have an excuse to take Vance McDonald out of the lineup, which thank, <laughs> thank God, if I can get another tight end, that's why I picked up Herndon and then he got hurt immediately. Uh, I really need some help here, but Noah Fant is pretty much, you know, the best option I could find at least on the, on the waivers in our league. Yeah. So, I, uh, Joe Mixon, Carlos Hyde, they're in there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I forgot I'm you had Joe anxious. Mixon now. I'm I'm very anxious about it. <laughs> well, good luck with Carlos Hyde. <laughs> I, I need it. I need it. Two touchdowns. Here we go, Carlos. You can do it. <laughs> hey, I'm okay with it. As long as it is not, as long as it's a rushing touchdown, take them all day. I don't Hell care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so I guess that's going to be it for today. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We will continue to post our top waiver wire ads for the week on Tuesdays on our social medias. You can also send us your lineup questions. Good luck this week, week 11. We're deep into the season, man. It's Yeah, it's almost playoff time. <laughs> it's getting exciting. It is, it is. Uh, we will... See you next time. Have a good week. Bye.